0: She Persisted offers you a safe space to feel validated and understood in your struggle while encouraging you to take ownership of your journey and build your life worth living. So let's dive in. This week on She Persisted.
1: One of my favorite phrases in psychology is, history is not destiny. Because no matter what has happened to this day in your life, that doesn't tell you where your life is going to go we always have a choice we, we always have that option in front of us that can be an inflection point in our lives especially when we're going through a crisis
0: hello hello and welcome to she persisted i'm so glad you're here i am podcasting to you from the university of pennsylvania campus i just moved in we started junior year three days ago and had our first three days of classes we are going to be doing a q a and kind of junior year goals dump and update episode here soon so i'm going to update you guys on all things related to the school year and just catch up with you very soon But today's episode is one of my favorites that I've recorded on She Persisted. We have an incredible therapist and TikTok creator. His handle is at your TikTok therapist. You've definitely seen his videos. He has a community on TikTok of over 3 million followers and his content is phenomenal. If you are ever struggling with being a teen, with your mental health, with emotions, with everything that comes with growing up and just navigating life... You need to follow this account and make sure you're getting these videos in your feed because he's hilarious and it's also the best reminder that you're not alone with what you're experiencing. And so, today we have Leandro Oshansky on the podcast. He is a psychotherapist with over 10 years of experience working in private practice. He specializes in depression, anxiety, relationship and cultural ethnic issues, and he works with both teens and adults. So, he has a really incredible understanding of what teens are struggling with these days from both the clients he's working with but also this incredible community he's cultivated on TikTok. And so, I got to pick his brain about all things TikTok, including the mental health side of TikTok, what teens are struggling with most, his advice for teens who are beginning their journey. We talked about persistence and resilience. We talked about changing your behaviors and thoughts and not trying to force changes onto your emotions and physiological reactions. Just so many incredible moments in this episode. I was so inspired. I was so hopeful. I absolutely loved this conversation and I know you will as well. As always, if this resonates and is helpful, make sure to leave a review or share on social media. And if you share, tag at She Persisted Podcast, and I'll make sure to repost and give you a little shout out. But thank you guys for listening. I know you're gonna love this episode as much as I did. And with that, let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining me today on She Persisted. I am so excited to have you on the show and to be able to sit down with you and pick your brain about so many relevant topics to teen mental health. To start things out for listeners who have seen your content, but are not necessarily aware of your journey and your career. How did you start working in the mental health space and specifically really specializing in teens?
1: Well, so, you know, I'm originally from Argentina and one thing about Argentina that not many people know is that we have the most therapists per capita in the world. So mm-hmm. we, we talk therapy, we, we are in conversations, you know, just drop in things that we discuss with our therapist. So it, it is very much ingrained in society. Mm-hmm. So I've always, you know, I grew up with it. And, you know, when, when I was a teenager, my dad passed away and mm-hmm. I developed a depression because of it. And, and I went to see a therapist. And and she was great, right? And and she helped me out tremendously. And and at that point is when I started thinking, well, what if, right? What if I can be that person that helps the, the teenager or the adult sitting in front of you? So that that's when the, the, the seed was planted. And well then I ended up moving here to the US and the rest is history I guess.
0: I love that. Before we dive into the next question, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on the United States and the mental health system, because it's obviously very different. We're still not at a point where mental health resources are readily available or extremely accessible. Are you feeling hopeful with the direction that we're moving? Or where would you like to see improvements or see things shifted coming from having that context where therapy was so readily accessible and there was a lot less barriers?
1: I am quite hopeful and, yeah. and, and, and part of my hope, you know, comes from you guys, Aww. because, you know, the, the, the younger generation, the, the, they talk more openly about, yes. you know, the problems that they're facing. And so there's not that taboo of, you know, hey, I'm, I'm depressed, or I'm anxious. Right. Yeah. And, and that's great. So I think that that push is coming from, you know, from the bottom up. I also see that, that the industry is, is making changes. For instance, I work with a lot of employers that offer, you know, 20, 25, 30 sessions for free to their employees.
0: That's and, amazing,
1: and that's something that you know we didn't have before, right? So I'm all about you know meeting the client where the client is, and if if the client doesn't have to pay for it, it's even better. So yeah. I think we're making you know progress in that. I think therapists are are, are given more importance these days as opposed to you know five ten years ago so i i like the 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 trajectory and 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 the direction we're going with it
0: that's really amazing to hear and i i completely agree especially with how open and accepting gen z is with mental health you sometimes are talking to like my parents or friends of parents and just the reactions you get from saying similar things Mm -hmm. from talking to a teen and they're like oh my gosh yes totally i also struggle with my mental health to an adult being like did they just say that it's really incredible to know that you're you can be vulnerable about these things and you'll have a positive reaction people will be able to understand where you're coming from and it's just it's a very reassuring thing and people are also very outspoken about wanting mental health support and right. wanting more resources which is also Absolutely. Really One of the, the
1: the downsides I think from our system here is that still healthcare is is very much associated with a job, right? Yes. So some people, you know, it, it is harder for them to have access to to you know, all type of resources in particular yeah. therapy because maybe they, they don't have a full time job or, or their job doesn't offer benefits or the copays might be you know way too high or they can't yeah. find a therapist that takes their insurance. There's a lot of barriers there. Right. So so I think that there's still a way to go. But but yeah. it's, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that people, you know, especially younger people are really talking about issues. Right. I had a gentleman a few weeks ago that, you know, he looked looking very strong, muscle tattooed, right? And not the typical person that that you might see coming to therapy sometimes. It's changing and I love that. And, you know, we did great work and he was very happy. And he said, well, is there anything I can do to, to help you or help, you know, people in general? And I said, well, you know, when somebody asks, they're struggling, just share your story, right? Share that you did find help out there and that you're much better because of it. So I we need that. to keep breaking stigma, you know, even even between men that sometimes is, is, is so hard.
0: A hundred percent. I completely agree. As we're talking about... Kind of Gen Z in this younger demographic, I would love to hear your thoughts on going to therapy as a teen versus an adult. You've obviously worked with both demographics in your career, which I think gives you a really interesting perspective. And I know as a teen, it felt like there were so many things that adults didn't get about what I was experiencing, whether it Mm -hmm. felt like I had less autonomy or that I wasn't in a position where I could really make changes in my life, what are the differences that you commonly see with teens versus adult when they're seeking therapy or even being told they have to go to therapy? Because that's another element as a teen.
1: Right, yeah, so so, unfortunately you hear a lot of bad experiences of kids that have been made to go to therapy, right? And we never want to put you know anybody really in that position that that they're mandated to, to do therapy but i think you know kind of what we were talking earlier teenagers are open they're an open book that they, they tell you what's happening you know they they do perhaps have less autonomy and there are things that they're not under their control as much as, mm-hmm. as an adult you know might have more control over their lives so it is a delicate time when when we are transitioning, you know, towards adulthood, but in the end, I think that all patients they, they want to feel heard and, and understood, and that's a commonality between the the two groups. You know, once once you understand the person sitting in front of you, you can empathize, you can you can understand where they're coming from, and try to help. You know that's half the battle. If we can can do that, you know, you are studying psychology, so you know that the, the relationship between the therapist and, and the client is key, right? It's yeah. the most important variable that, that we may have. So if, if that's there, if the connection with your therapist is there, then we can do great things.
0: I completely agree. And I think For teens listening as well, I was in the same position where it was like, you have to go to therapy. I was being Mm. brought to therapy, but I wasn't the one initiating that journey or advocating for that resource. Mm. And the only thing that had to shift was for me to understand, like, this is my therapist, not my parents therapist. And the therapist being really clear that they were like. It doesn't matter if your mom's like let's talk about going to school and not leaving early the therapist was like this is about what you want to talk about and Mm. this is about what is causing stress or anxiety or overwhelm in your life Mm. and even if your parents do bring these things up or they want to talk to you about something I'm first and foremost your therapist and that means that I don't share things with them without consulting you first and Mm. we're still not at a point where that's generally understood that like if you go to therapy there is that doctor patient confidentiality
1: Mm. and
0: just having that clarification as a teen was really helpful in being vulnerable.
1: Yeah. How old were you at the time, if you don't mind me asking?
0: I started therapy when I was 13. So I was really young and it was that time in life where it was like I was still believed everything was my parents' fault. So then when Mm. they were wanting me to go to therapy, it was like, no, I'm not going to go to therapy and have someone (laughs) else get mad at me for all these things I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's something that I like to do when I have people that are there because someone is pushing them to be there or sometimes they might be mandated, right? Because they have a DUI or, or, or something going mm-hmm. on. One of the first things that I like to do is, OK, so you're here. You're mandated to be here. That sucks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how are we going to use this time to, to benefit you, right?
0: Yeah. Now that you're here,
1: you know, let's let's make sure that we use this time in a way that you can benefit from.
0: Absolutely. I, I completely agree. The next thing that I wanted to ask you about is what you're seeing within the teen community because you obviously have built an incredible community on TikTok Mm. and TikTok is like an open book. People are commenting what problems they're having, they're asking questions Mm. about all these really specific things and so you can tell me if I'm wrong but I get the impression that you are likely picking on themes of teens are really stressed about back to school or transitioning to college or relationships or communication with parents. What are you seeing on on TikTok and also in your practice in general about what teens are above all else struggling with whether it's an emotion yeah. or a thought or a change in life all of those things
1: I think all of the above right Yeah anxiety clearly is is something that has been present you know in a way that we haven't seen before so especially when covid started the amount of anxiety with with teenagers in particular teenage girls, right, that, yeah. that they were removed from, you know, their world, the, the group of friends, the, their activities, and their identity was attached a lot to, to those things. And it, it's been very difficult. So anxiety for sure, you know, fears of the future, there, there's a lot of fear of getting old, fear of not, not living up to your potential. There's a lot of issues communication with parents. Unfortunately, you know, this is something that we haven't seen at this rate before. Progress is established by how quickly technology advances. And and the amount of technological advances in this past 10, 20 years has been exponential. So it's almost as if kids are being brought up in a different world that that the parents were, so so there is a big disconnect, right, between those two different worlds. Maybe there's only 25, 30 years, you know, in between, but th- they're a world away from each other. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's very very difficult sometimes to to bridge because teenager says, well, my parents don't get me, right, and and the parents yeah. say. Man, they have everything. I don't know what they're complaining about. And and we're not listening to each other. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. So we're not putting ourselves in, 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 in the other person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they don't have perhaps the necessities that you might have had growing up, but they have all of these other anxieties that, that also you didn't have growing up, right? So. Yeah. If we could talk to to each other a bit more, and, and especially hear each other, I think that things could go a lot smoother than they are sometimes.
0: What are your tips for teens and parents listening who are like, I do want to be vulnerable, I do want to start those conversations, and teens are wondering like, how can I even say that to my parents? And then yeah. parents are wondering, how do I even show my teen that I'm listening and that I appreciate that they're talking to me? What yeah. would be your advice there for, for both parties?
1: Well, you know, just to have that attitude is, 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 is great, right? Yeah. So, and I, I've, I've met a ton of great parents and uh, people that, that are willing to hear and listen and, and get in tune with what's going on with their teenagers. I've always said that, you know, delivering a message is is key. What is it that we are trying to communicate and how can we try to make sure that the message arrives, right? So mm-hmm. so it's the basis of communication. If mom is you know cooking and doing a hundred things at, at a time and we just come and say, Mom, I think I'm depressed and out of nowhere,
0: mm-hmm. then
1: mom may say, Yeah, you're not depressed, you're okay. Right? And and then it took Perhaps, you know, a lot of you to actually say that to mom, but it wasn't the right time. Mom was thinking of something different and, you know, that that message did not make it. So and now there's there's a farther space between the two. So yeah. finding the right time, I think it's important. I always say that if you tell your mom, hey, mom, you know, there's something that is really important to me that, you know, when you have two minutes, I would love to sit down and talk about. Well. Who, you know, in their right mind as a parent will not hear that and say, okay, something's up, right? I need to talk to my kid. So once that message did arrive, it's okay. Now we can sit down and talk. Hopefully, you know, we can even have this conversation outside of the, the, the regular routine. Maybe we can go for a walk. Maybe we can sit down and have coffee together. Maybe, you know, we can find a different space in which communication will flow even better.
0: Yeah. I even think of like as a teen going to my parents and saying things like I'm struggling or I'm not doing well, and I sometimes wasn't even clear on what I wanted them to say or how I Mm. wanted them to respond. And sometimes it was validation. I really Mm. needed them to say, I really see you're struggling, and this is incredibly hard, and I just want you to know that I see that like that was all I needed and then there were other times where it was like I wanted them to say thank you so much for coming to me and let's get you support like what is the next step so that we can be in this together and I know that there is a process here to help you improve your mood or whatever it is I was struggling with. And so having clarity as a teen of like, what is your ask, even if it's just for them to listen. And I think about like the age old back and forth with teens and parents where a teen goes to the parent and the parent is like just solving the problem immediately. And Mm -hmm. most of the time, that's not what you want. But sometimes you might want a solution or you might want their insight. So just getting clear on even what is your goal can be really helpful to leave that conversation and be like, okay, that went well, and I'm happy with how I showed up, and I got my needs met.
1: Right? Yeah, th- yeah. that's great. I love that, and 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 we can even communicate that if once we know it, yeah. we can communicate that you know ahead of the conversation. Say, well, I'm about to tell you how I feel, not for you to fix it, but for you to listen, right? Yeah. And and that gives also the the receiver, okay. I know what I need to do here, right? so so we get that feedback which is great for us to say okay i don't need to get my let's fix it mode yeah. and and i can actually hear right what what's mm-hmm. going on and especially that happens a lot with that you know yeah <laughs> you know they we, we tend to want to solve things right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 sometimes we, we are not great listeners
0: yeah yeah it can be really tough and i think another thing that really comes to mind with the different challenges you mentioned was how isolating each of those feel. And yet you're saying that there's so many people that are bringing Mm. up those challenges. Like I remember being like, well, no one understands how difficult my parents are or Mm. how annoying it is to talk to them or no one really understands how stressed I am or I'm really depressed and no one can relate to that. And yet a lot of those emotions and experiences are really universal and it's about being vulnerable speaking about what's going on and then either getting support or even just getting validation can be incredibly powerful yeah. when you're struggling.
1: Absolutely and and you know my TikToks you know usually are about expressing something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's it's not talking down and explaining and, and imposing yeah. myself. It's you know this is something and people relate to it and say, "Yeah, you know, I I've been there. I've done that." Well, I I thought it was only me that was having those feelings, right? Yeah. So just just seeing other people struggle with with the same things that you struggle that's in itself is therapeutic.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's incredible. Today's episode is brought to you by Teen Counseling. You guys know whenever I have a therapist or talk about therapy on the podcast, I like to direct you towards a resource to find a therapist. As we talked about in this episode, there can be a lot of barriers to finding a therapist. I remember in my own experience going to a pediatrician, finding referrals, being on waiting lists, doing intake appointments. It can be a really challenging process to find a therapist that works for you. And so that's why I wanted to share Teen Counseling with you. It is BetterHelp's branch of online therapy, specifically for teenagers. There are over 14 thousand licensed therapists within their network and they offer support on things like depression anxiety relationships trauma and so much more and they also offer text talk and video counseling so depending on what level of support you're looking for what type of resource you need they're able to meet you where you're at and it's all done from your home so it's a very accessible option so if you are interested you can head to teencounseling.com slash she persisted you're going to fill out a quick survey about what you're hoping to work on in therapy what your background is what it is that you really want to talk to your therapist about, and based on this, they will match you with a the therapist. So maybe you want to focus on relationships. They'll match you with a the therapist that specializes in relationships. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety. They'll match you with a the therapist that specializes in anxiety, et cetera. So you're going to fill that out if you're a teen. You do need to put in a parent's email for permission and consent for treatment. I did it. I sent the email to myself. It's super vague. It just says Sadie or whatever your name is. Wants to work with a therapist from teen counseling. None of your information that you put in the survey is given to your parents like we talked about in this episode, HIPAA is very much intact. And I know that can be a concern when you're starting therapy as a teen. So same thing works for teen counseling. This is your therapist and that is protected even when you get consent for treatment. So if you want to check out teen counseling, the website is teencounseling.com she persisted And the link will be in the show notes. I would love to, speaking of TikTok, get your thoughts on the TikTok mental health space, because over the years, it's become a really big corner of the internet. And mm. I would love to kind of hear what your thoughts are, whether it is really great to learn tips and feel that message of other people also are struggling with what I'm struggling with. Are you also seeing that it can kind of be like a substitute for people to say, "Okay, well, my mental health maybe isn't as bad as that person I saw on TikTok, Hmm. so I must not need to reach out or things like that. What are your kind of thoughts of people being so open and so vulnerable and also just having an algorithm that brings that content directly to you.
1: Yeah. So it's tricky, right? Because it can be a great thing and it could be something quite negative. Yeah. So it's all based on, okay, what is the message? Who is delivering it? What am I doing with that message that I hear through TikTok? You know, am Mm -hmm. I taking action if I see that that I reflect you know, and see that that's actually happening with me. There's a lot of people with good intentions that are giving bad advice yeah. and, and that's, that's of course not great, right? And, and of course, TikTok doesn't replace talking to a therapist or seeing your doctor or mm-hmm. a- anything like that, right? So as long as we use it, knowing that, okay, that there's some people that know their stuff, they, they have degrees, they, they have licenses and and maybe we can use that to get an idea of a diagnosis uh, an analysis or whatever mm-hmm. then it's fine right yeah once we think that we understand you know and we can solve it ourselves well you know maybe maybe not not so much yeah
0: right? <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i also i think of that like bell curve where It's like when you learn a new, or maybe it's a downward slope, but it's when you're learning a new skill and the little tiny bit that you know about it, you think you're like a master of the subject. And the more Mm. you learn, the less you are aware that you know. And I feel Mm. like TikTok can be that way in a lot of senses. And I think that can be true for mental health as well. When you're getting these videos, you're like, this is my diagnosis. This person says this is what I should do about it. And you kind of lose that step of like, okay, let me go to a doctor and let me get a consult and take meeting and then go through that whole process but yeah I think about the content I was seeking out when I was struggling and it again was that looking for that you're not alone validation yeah this is a normal experience. and I just don't know if I'd found your page, especially with things with family dynamics and experiencing mental health challenges as a teen and how that shows up yeah. and things like cleaning your room or showing up to class, it just would have been a complete game changer because having that positivity and not just focusing on those really negative thoughts and emotions, yeah. but also focusing on what you can do about it and what you right. can do instead is so powerful.
1: right. One of the the things that you know I love the most as you know, there's plenty of theories, right? We, we don't yeah. have one theory that explains all when it comes to counseling and psychology. There's William Glasser. I don't know if you've read him or not, but uh, he, he is the creator of choice theory. And okay, so, yes. yeah. So he, he had, you know, what he called total behavior. And for him, total behavior were four things. Behaviors, actions, thoughts, our feelings, and our physiological reactions. And he said, imagine the four wheels of the car. The back two wheels are our feelings and our physiological reactions. We don't have direct control over those two wheels, but those two wheels will have to follow the front wheels. And the front wheels are your behaviors and your thoughts. Those we actually can control And Whatever we turn those two to, the back wheels will follow. Right? So if if we are stuck in, in thinking about how we feel, well, we're going to make that feeling even bigger, right? Yeah. If we focus on, okay, what can I do or how can I challenge a thought that perhaps is not based on reality, is based on a past trauma or is based on something that I've heard somewhere, right? How can I challenge that thought to make it? more real to make it more based on data. Those are the two things that that we have under our control and what we should be focusing on.
0: Oh, I love that so much. I've never heard that metaphor, but Mm. it's it's amazing. It's phenomenal. And it's so true. I remember I spent years before I was truly like in therapy and learning the skills, just trying to avoid my emotions and control what I was experiencing. And as a result, like pushing away the thoughts and then they were coming back in a much more intense way. And once you learn that shifting those behaviors and thoughts can actually have a huge impact on the really distressing physical symptoms of anxiety and right. depression, and also just the overwhelming feelings, it's so empowering to know that yeah. you do have control. Because that's one of the biggest things that I feel people with mental health challenges voice is they're like, I just don't have control. I can't control my mental health. I can't solve anything. It's just that overwhelming experience. Yeah. So I, I love that metaphor. Yeah.
1: And and you know, there's, there's the good and the bad of, of <laughs> these things, right? And, and the bad is that some people tell me, well, you know, my problems are not real, right? That person has problems, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just depressed. And I'm like, you know, if if I could have a broken bone in my body or depression, mm-hmm. I would choose to have a broken bone. You know why? Because I know what it is. I know how to fix it. It's only going to hurt sometimes, uh, you know, but when you are depressed, your feelings have been altered your behaviors have been altered, your thoughts have been altered. So your whole being is being affected by the depression. So it's not just your lower leg, it's everything that that you do and feel and think. So it's much larger. Now, the the good news is that, for instance, depression and anxiety, the, the prognostics is great. People get better, right? Yeah. So, so, so that's the silver lining in all of this.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it also makes me think of something that I learned in class this week. But we were talking about how there was this shift from thinking about psychology as treatment of existing problems mm-hmm. to accepting your life as it is and almost working to improve it and not just problem solving the issues that already exist but allowing yourself to perform at a higher level or feel better long term even if there's not necessarily a diagnosis and i feel like we have that disconnect still due to mental health stigma when it comes to therapy a lot of the times it's like okay i'm gonna go to therapy because i have anxiety or i'm depressed or i'm having challenges in a relationship but there's also this whole other side of it, like you were talking about, where you have the ability to equip yourself with skills, you can better navigate challenges, improve your overall mood, and just mm-hmm. feel better about your life. And I don't yeah. think that approach is necessarily yet widely accepted. And like we talked about at the beginning of this episode, not even readily available based on the resources that exist.
1: Yeah. So, so and, and problems, you know, may have brought you to where you are. Yeah. Now, the solution is in the present. It's, it's not in the past. So, yes, that that might have caused what's happening today, but we need to change our thoughts and behaviors today in order to feel different, right? Yeah. So, that's that's the key. The key is, of course, always in the now. One of my favorite phrases in in psychology is, history is not destiny. I
0: love that.
1: I don't have any tattoos, but if we, if I would have one, probably that would be part of it, right? Yeah. Because no matter what has happened to this day in your life, that doesn't, you know, tell you where your life is going to go. So it's not like we used to believe that, you know, Freud thought that the first five years were determinant of everything in your life. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, not quite. So we always have a choice we we always have that option in front of us that can be an inflection point in our lives and mm-hmm. and especially when we're going through a crisis a crisis is an opportunity a crisis yeah. is is that time that we reevaluate things and behave differently right mm-hmm. so Absolutely. if i if i look back at my life you know probably my, my best decisions out of a crisis, right? Yeah. And in the moment, who wants to be in crisis? No yeah. one. But sometimes it is necessary to, to have that crisis to actually realize, hey, this is not working. I need to do something different.
0: Mm-hmm. For teens who are hearing that and they're like, I'm in crisis, I'm at rock bottom, but I do want to make those changes. And now is the chance when I can really make a difference on this trajectory that I'm mm-hmm. on what is your advice or some wisdom that you have from seeing so many patients being at that starting point and also having so much experience helping people navigate that process what would you say to a teen who is currently in that stage one step one about to do this entire journey
1: well so so you know there's different levels of difficulties right if Mm -hmm. if you are rock bottom and you know you have trouble getting out of bed well certainly seek help, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be harder to turn it around on your own. Yeah. If you are closer to the surface and, you know, you're feeling like, yeah, I'm, I'm pushing through, but, you know, I'm not enjoying things and, and kind of starting to isolate somehow and, and you see all of those signs, then, you know, we we can try things on our own, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things is, you know, the, the, the fake it until you make it effect because again, connected to what we said earlier, you are behaving differently. So yeah. that will have an effect on your feelings, right? And we might not feel like doing something, but when we do it, well, actually that felt great, right? Yeah. So, so who feels like going on a run? Well, probably Literally. no one, right? But you, you go on a run, you push yourself and your body doesn't care if you want it to run or not. Your body will react to what happened. And mm-hmm. you run, and your brain is is creating more serotonin, and you feel happier. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you start faking it until you make it. That that can be you know can be great. Yeah. That's one tip.
0: I love that. I've never thought about that before. That like your body literally does not care the reason why you yeah. did something. It will react to the final like destination and behavior itself. Whether it's getting out of bed or getting ready for the day, going to class, going to exercise, spending time with a friend. I think that's huge and it can be really helpful to overcome that mental hump of like i don't want to do this but i know it will be good for me
1: right right so, so an, an exercise is one of those things that you know yeah. you can always count on right or or doing something like you know meditating or or doing some breathing exercises when you are feeling anxious mm-hmm. you even do some yoga poses right anything that that will get us from being up here to being in our bodies yeah right? Anything that will stop that that ruminating, you know, behavior and and make you be in the moment mm-hmm. and, and say, OK, you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm here right now. And this is what's outside. And we, we take that cognitive focus on the problem and we focus on the here and now and we break that that pattern of thinking negatively.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For listeners that are tuning into this episode obviously you share so much wisdom and insight on mm-hmm. social media and into your community if there was one piece of advice or wisdom that you could impart in every teen who is struggling with mm-hmm. their mental health or who might struggle with their mental health at some time what would that be
1: mm. i would say that you know it gets better yeah i would say that probably if you ask any 30 something or 40 something you know 50 something and you tell them would you go back to your teenage years? They would say, no, no. way. <laughs> no yeah. way. There's no amount of money you can pay me to go back to those years. Because it, it's confusing, right? It, it's mm-hmm. it's You're trying to develop your own identity. Your, your brain is making all these kinds of connections. Your, your amygdala is fully developed, but yet your frontal lobe is not... So you have all the emotions, but you Mm -hmm. don't have a way to control them fully yet. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot happening physiologically. There's a lot happening socially. Sometimes we don't fully know what we want Mm -hmm. and and we we become desperate because of that. And, you know, I didn't know what I wanted when I was a teenager and and that came later in life. And, And sometimes we have to be patient and say, well, you know, I may not know what I want today out of life but I know it'll come. So maybe I need to focus on, on, on something different right now. So, you know, life is dynamic. Life is, is never static. So the way we feel today is not necessarily the way that we will feel tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And once you realize that, okay, you know, this is here, but it's not here to stay. And the easiest way to, to, see that and look at the data is there was a time in my life that I wasn't feeling depressed or anxious. Therefore, yeah. I wasn't born with that. Mm-hmm. Then as a consequence, this is going to go away. Yeah.
0: yeah. And,
1: and you know, for somebody that is suffering through depression or anxiety and, and, and you feel so overwhelmed, that she that assumed that, okay, this is it. This is the way I'm going to feel for the rest of my life. I think it's important to hear that this is temporary. Mm-hmm. You did mm-hmm. not feel the way, you know, maybe six months, a year, two years ago. Well, you will not feel this way in the near future.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love that. And I think it is really helpful context to have when you are feeling so hopeless, because it can be so all consuming to be in that headspace and have those emotions come up. And so to put things in that perspective and know that you've done it before and you can do it again Mm -hmm. and that nothing is permanent, especially emotions and thoughts. And so it is extremely possible and it will happen that these things will shift and and fade with time. And you have so much power to make those choices and engage in those behaviors and rewire those thoughts and and really turn things around.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, yeah. I always think in in, a, in an optimist way, I, I'm very hopeful. I wasn't always like this. I was you know growing up, I was very much a pessimist, but I worked hard to to see the positive and yeah and and, and the positive is out there, right? And you see the younger generations breaking out stigmas and and discussing things and, and wanting different, wanting more, right? We don't want to you know live to work. We, we want to yeah. work to live. So, you know, there's a lot of changes that are coming that you guys are pushing that, you know, I love that.
0: Me too. If people want to follow along on social media or check out your website, potentially work with you, where can they do that?
1: Yeah. So if you can spell my name, which is kind of complicated, you can <laughs> just Google me and, and you'll see my website and, and you know, I'm, I'm not as active in, in every platform, but you know, just find me, send me a text, send me an email, you know, a message. I'll be happy to, to reply if I can. Anything that, that I can do to help others is is what I'm here for, right? Yeah. My daughter, you know, a couple of years ago, she said, "Dad, how can you sit down and listen to problems all day long? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I, I love what I do. Somebody's got to be there. Somebody has to help. And, and when you see someone that, that is you know flourishing and coming out of that state that they came in you know it's, it's a great feeling to have.
0: I love that it's it's incredibly true and especially for so many that feel like therapy or treatment is a last resort and they've tried everything to have someone there that just really wants to listen and is truly so yeah. passionate about helping them is just an amazing thing to, to know and be aware of and I'm sure it gives so many listeners so much hope if they're going to their first therapy appointment or starting with a new therapist or whatever yeah. it is.
1: And, and if you guys, you know, go to your first therapy appointment and you don't quite click with a therapist, it is okay to see two, three, four, five therapists. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Swap around. So you have to feel that connection with a therapist. Mm-hmm. That's that's, you know, uh, key in order to make progress. So, so make sure that you you know you you date around a little bit
0: a hundred percent it's definitely it's a process i remember hearing one time in one of my classes that it on average takes individuals six or seven different clinicians before they finally mm. find one that works and they truly see a shift in their mental health and i was like that really sucks but it's so true i remember mm. that in my own experience and so you will find the individual that's really helpful and you will find type of therapy or the type of treatment and yeah. that relationship that is really helpful in supporting you there
1: and, and you know in this I and mean, in basically in anything in life as long as we don't give up mm-hmm. you will find the solution right yeah so uh, that's just the way it goes and and you know I, I talk about this when i work with couples and as long as we're both willing to engage and try will make it work. And as long as we want to get to a place that we know we're not there yet, but we don't give up, then, you know, you'll get there, right? It might take a longer route, but you'll get there.
0: I absolutely love that. And it's it's so true. If you don't give up, you will find the solution. And it's just about committing to that and making that decision and continuing forward. And I think that's, it can be really hard sometimes. It can be really hard to make that commitment, but it's also... It's it's very true what you're saying.
1: Life can be hard, right? Yeah. Life can be difficult. Anybody's going to experience difficulties in life and and I think those that that actually end up thriving, it is because they've experienced, you know, significant things in in their past and they dealt with them Mm -hmm. and they came out with more wisdom because of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think that, you know, going through difficulties also make you more conscientious and and more empathetic and and more aware of what's actually out there.
0: Yeah. It's also very encouraging to remember that the majority of humans will thrive and will overcome Mm -hmm. a challenge and will overcome a trauma. It's the minority that end up getting stuck in that position or having really extreme mental health challenges. And I was in the minority. Many people are. But humans by nature are meant to overcome and are meant to persist and be really resilient. So it's in your nature and it's very possible and you're not working against yourself to try and reach recovery and try and make those positive changes. Yeah,
1: yeah. We, we definitely are resilient and, and it's not how many times we fall, but how many times we get up and keep yes. going.
0: Yes, I love that. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. I loved this conversation. I have so many new quotes that I'm going to be writing down and living by. And I know (laughs) that so many people listening are feeling the exact same way. So thank you so much for being here today and for coming on She Persisted.
1: Absolutely. This, This was a great conversation. We should
0: do it again. Yes, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of She Persisted. If you enjoyed, make sure to share with a friend or family member. It really helps out the podcast. And if you haven't already, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also make sure to follow along at, at She Persisted Podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. And check out all the bonus resources, content, and information on my website, ShePersistedPodcast.com. Thanks for supporting. Keep persisting. And I'll see you next week.